Hey there, it's the Jew from the Chew on This Podcast, letting you know you can leave comments, questions, and suggestions a number of ways. Reviews and comments are appreciated on iTunes and YouTube, and you can check out our daily postings on Facebook. Our Twitter feed and Instagram is at Chew on This Pod, and of course, as always, you can email us directly at Chew on This Podcast at gmail.com. So there you have it, folks. Short of a bat signal or an Avengers card, there's all the ways you can let us know how big of a nerd you truly are. Enjoy and chew on this podcast. to episode 37 of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. So this was kind of an interesting week because uh, um, I've been waiting actually for a long time for Matt Damon to come back to, to Bourne. And because that middle, I don't know if you watched Bourne Legacy, but I was not a big fan of that, even though I like Jeremy Renner. No, um, I... I um... I don't even know what it was about. Was he playing Jason Bourne or somebody else in the Bourne? He was playing somebody else that was um, uh, an agent like he was, essentially. Uh, nope. Um, even you describing yeah. it, I'm not going to go back and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually went back and watched the, the Bourne trilogy because I, it's one of the best produced uh, spy thrillers out there next to like those uh, Tom Clancy ones. Um, I like love the Hunt, first Hunt one. for Red October. I love the first one. A lot of people didn't give it a chance because it was like, I'm not going to fucking watch Matt Damon try to be a badass because a lot of people don't remember that that was his first foray into like the action star type thing. And, you know, he was always playing like, you know, Oscar dramas and things like that and comedies too. And he didn't really do any action type stuff. And I remember when that movie came out. A lot of people like, I'm not going to buy Jason Bourne. I'm not going to buy Matt Damon as a badass. I saw the trailer and I physically laughed out loud when I saw the trailer. I'm like, no way. Fucking Goodwill Hunting is is beating people up. Like, I mean, he beat people up in Goodwill Hunting, but not like karate style. It's like more like street style. So, uh, but anyway, before we get too far into Bourne and some other things we're going to talk about, I just really quickly out there for our listeners, I want to, uh, we have a big podcast coming up next week. And I just want to reiterate to everyone out there that um, this is a really big deal for us because we're going out to Rancho Obi-Wan. We're going to do a full on tour and which is very exciting for us. That's in a nutshell that, or uh, that's something that we want to do anyway. But the sweet thing on top of that, or the cherry on top, if you will, is that we get to interview the proprietor, which is Steve Swan sweet. But uh, for all you star Wars nerds out there, you should know who that is. Um, He's the, the largest collector of uh, Star Wars memorabilia, private collector. Private collector, right. Yeah, yeah. World, so Guinness basically, World Record. Basically, Steve grew up um, not playing with toys or playing with some of the toys and not destroying them like we did. And um, <laughs> is actually in the Guinness Book of World Records for all the Star Wars stuff that he owns. 
So yeah, um, I, I heard there's like an arcade room too, and I was like, holy fuck, we're gonna be able to play like old Star Wars games too. I, I'm like, I'm so excited for that. I, I don't um, think he'll have the battle pod at this point, but I mean, he'll have all the old oh, stuff that I, I love. Playing. I mean, I can I can always go to like what's it called? Uh, what the fuck is that place? Buster's, called? David, David Buster's. Buster's. That's a free plug. We want money. Um, we uh, I, we can go there any time to play that. I don't really care about that, but I, I'm interested in playing all like all the old games, like the Pod Racer one. Um, it's kind of funny how much we hated the pod race in the movie, but as a video game, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. It's so um, fun. What else was there? There was that old Star Wars trilogy game where you get to fight Darth Vader at the end. Yeah, the I used to play that. Uh, every time I went to Vegas, uh, I'd stay at the Luxor and I'd get to play that. Um, that was a lot of fun. Everyone's out gambling. And I'm like playing Star Wars games. But, yeah, it, um, was, uh, it was in the basement of, um, of our rec center at college. And oh, uh, I used to go there specifically like two hours early before class just to pump quarters into this thing. And I like I had the whole thing memorized. I was like in the top five. <laughs> it's the only game I've ever been in, like the t- arcade game that I've ever been in the top five. <laughs> He's like, you're taking like your your date down there. You're like, look, I'm in the top five. Let's go bang. <laughs> yeah. Well, two hours Two hours after I'm done like pumping quarters into this thing, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I was on a date. I don't know where she went. <laughs> anyway uh so we have that to look forward to and also the our suicide squad review which there'll be two separate podcasts but yeah we're gonna release it, two podcasts next week just like the uh just like uh not this week but last week we released last two week podcasts. yeah yeah so that's more listening good goodies so anyway but back to born um so when born identity was announced you know like you i was kind of very skeptical and even like no, I, I, I wasn't skeptical i was actually not skeptical oh uh, you weren't no everybody else was i thought it was funny that everybody else was and even then uh, even then when i wasn't a big film i was like a film geek but like not like i am now um and mm-hmm. i just knew that he could act so i was like just give it a chance the the trailer looks pretty decent so you know, I went to go see, and I I loved it. I I bought I bought in like I bought in before the, I saw the movie, and people didn't buy. In, most people like you didn't buy until after they saw. The I movie. I didn't buy it until I was like in, like going th- through the middle by the middle of the movie. I was like, oh my god, this is badass! Like he's Jason Bourne. This is really cool. And that movie um, did very well in the box office, and actually I think scored like a eighty three percent Rotten Tomatoes, um, which I think. Probably should have been a little higher because I think that was my favorite out of the trilogy. But um, yeah, boy, when boy when Born Supremacy came out, I was the first one in line to go watch that movie, and I came out of there like a little bit disappointed. But it it was just so like if if you are um, someone that gets sick really easy, like motion sickness, that movie made a lot of people sick. Cause yeah, it was, because they took they took that one they they took the style of the first one. And upped it to like ten in the second one, and like they didn't let up. Like there was yeah, breathers it was, in it between was the too first much. one. Yeah, yeah. There was breathers in the first one, and then in the second one, they just was like, "All right, that part was awesome. Let's just keep doing that." And like it was really hard to watch the action. As good as the action was in the first one, it was equally hard to follow in the second one. Yeah, it was just way too much shaky cam. But then by the time they got to Born Ultimatum, I think they they trimmed that down a little bit and. That, that was probably other than the first one. That was my favorite one. Yeah, I love Bortol Ultimatum, and actually, that scored like the highest out of the trilogy was ninety three percent because they did some like really cool 
stuff in that movie. It almost and it blended with the second movie. You notice that it did some little bit of time travel in there. Like it, it yeah. had it was like a movie within a movie. It was and so I bizarre. Kind of, I thought the way it ended too that it closed the loop. So I was kind of surprised that they did another one. Yeah, I was surprised too. Like you didn't watch Jason Bourne yet, did you? No. Um, when I saw the trailer, that's basically what my thought was. I was like, wait a minute. I thought they were done with the whole thing because I thought the third movie kind of answered all the questions. So I don't know like how many more questions he has. Well, because- I, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I will tell you, I mean, cause I think you can look this up on the plot, but essentially each movie is done in the same way in that he's hiding. He doesn't want to be found. And then something brings him back whether it's a death or some weird, like he gets blamed for something or, you know, something like that. In this movie, it's no different. Um, He's brought back in. I'm not going to tell you like specifics, but basically there's a new program director and they've, and they've started the program back up again, but they called it something else. So like he's trying to figure out what's going on and there's a catalyst that kind of brings him back fully. And then by the end of it, you could they could pretty much like just end it right here, but if it makes a shit ton of money, it's easily easily open to make something else because now by the end of the movie he remembers like literally everything. He knows. I everything. thought he remembered everything before. Right, but there's a specific thing in this that that came out that now is kind of driving him a little bit, and so so, so wait a minute. So okay, so. I know this, this, these movies are based on books. I think, what was the name of the author? Robert something? Robert Ludlum, which I think, I think yeah. he passed away. So there's like somebody so else right. I books. know the first three movies were based on the books. Is this one based on a book? I don't think so. I think either the new author or they just made this one up. Okay, and you can when kind of tell when Hollywood goes away from the mo- like from the source material like that, especially when it's a very successful you know, book or a very successful author, they don't do very well. Well, I, I'm okay. So this one is tracking at 57% and I'll, and I'll tell you why it should be called Jason boring. It, this is, <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of a, um, a filler movie. I mean, it's still better than a lot of movies out there. Don't get me wrong. I think the reason why it tracks so low is because it's not born ultimatum, man. It's not born identity. It's, it's kind of a weaker, like, a weaker born supremacy by, but by a lot, like there's some fantastic actors in this thing. They've, I mean, they, they, every, every movie they, they put someone fantastic in there because the director usually gets killed or gets fired or some shit. So there's always some new guy coming in and this time it's Tommy Lee Jones. And then, um, and then the, the girl that played, uh, in the Danish girl, and she was also an ex machina playing the robot. She plays the new, she plays an agent. You know, um, that talks to him once in a while. Julia Stiles is back. Um, she's in, in every single movie, too, just playing that really little bit part. But um, in, in Ultimatum, she actually go- goes on the run and disappears, you know, yeah. because, yeah. I think he, so it, he helps her. Yeah, he helps her disappear, but she she pops back for a reason in this one. And, and then, um, yeah, I mean, there's really not much to say. The formulas are exactly the same every time, but this one they added a couple of things that that you're like, okay, that's what's going to come in the next movie if they make another movie. Which, again, it, we've said this time and time again: focus on the movie you're doing. 
don't worry about the universe or some bullshit thing that you're going to try to do two movies from now or one movie from now. It's like, take care of this movie. Cause like each of those movies are really well done by themselves. And, um, this one could have, I mean, has so much potential, but I think for me anyway, it, it came up pretty short. I think for you, like I would wait till it came out on DVD or, or go see it a matinee at a $2 50 theater and that'd be worth it. But I don't know. Paying twelve bucks kind of wasn't worth it for me. So, um, since you actually saw it, um, and this is probably our first spoiler-free review ever, because when we did the BFG, the big fucking giant, um, I didn't care to see the movie, so I didn't care if you spoiled it for me. But this is our right. first spoiler-free movie because I actually will eventually see this movie. So you yeah. actually saw it, and I thought something crazy. I saw something crazy that a spy thriller movie like this cost $120 million to make. Did it look right. like that? Um, there like a lot of it's special filmed, effects? It, it's filmed beautifully, but I think a lot of that probably goes to the actors' paychecks. Like, uh, Born Ultimatum costs 120 also. So, and that movie was nine years ago. Um, and so I think they, what they did is kind of, you know, they budgeted better. And I think most of the money is going to Damon. I'm sure they paid him. Okay, so get this. Uh, this isn't a spoiler, uh, spoiler because it's been um, online. You've been able to read it. Is that each, he only read 24 lines. He only did 24 lines in the entire movie. He barely speaks at all. And they <laughs> said that they said so he got Superman. paid. So he's yeah, ba- basic, yeah uh, basically, they said he got paid like $25 million to do it. So basically, that's a little over a million dollars a line. I'm not even shitting you. And I didn't know that until after the movie was done. I came home and, and read that article. I'm like, fuck, you know what? He barely said anything in the movie. They're right. But you don't notice it because there's all this action and all this other shit going on. Um, but yeah, he barely says anything. And he probably has back deals. I mean, and then you got Tommy Lee Jones. He's not cheap. I mean... They've got some pretty big heavy hitters in there. And um, so I think that's where most of the money went. But it's filmed, I mean, again, like in this day and age, most movies you watch, even the shitty movies, are filmed beautifully, you know. So, yeah, but, um, like, but like a special effects laden movie like Dare, uh, not Daredevil, uh, Deadpool, only costs what, $50 million to make? Yeah, well, okay. So I'll just tell you, I mean, the. Again, I think it's the actors. I mean, in the other movies, there's way more action. In this movie, well, they have yeah, like you got a, act- a point there. I mean, if if Damon was in, in Damon was in Deadpool, I mean, he would he would command half of that half of that budget. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, there's a big action piece in the beginning and a big action piece at the end. Yeah, but 120 million. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that's a big budget for a fucking spy thriller movie. I mean, I, I guarantee if you gave me $80 million, I could probably make a movie that was probably just as shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd all the money go? Oh, it was just hookers in here. I, I don't know. Um, no. <laughs> I just got this handy cam and the rest of it. I don't know where the fuck it went. Yeah. I think it got deleted. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah that's funny. It's but, somewhere uh, on my external hard drive. You got to look for it. <laughs> totally. Well, usually, you know, we record this a little bit earlier. We're a little late this week, but what you guys can't tell, you don't fucking know. But, but we were able to get the box office figures for this movie, which is kind of a first. But it's at sixty million, which um, I think is where Born Ultimatum did. Or I think maybe it did a little bit gonna more. It's going to drop. It's going to drop like fifty or sixty percent in the next week I, because Suicide Squad. I think it is. Out. 
So yeah, like, it's not going to make its money. And I don't know what I don't know what the Bourne series is like overseas. Um, it's it's pretty big overseas too. So I I think by the end of this, by the time Suicide Squad comes out, it'll probably be almost at at a hundred million, maybe less, maybe like ninety. Um, if it does like six to 10 million a day, I think it'll, it'll get up to 90, but it's, it's not, I think it's going to be the lowest of their series regardless. And which is unfortunate because again, like the same cast, this, I mean, not the same cast, the same director, the same writers, the same actor, you know, it, it, cinematographer probably, I mean, everything is the same down to the music, down to the plot, down to the everything. And you think that, Oh, you know, it's tried and true, but it's, it's just not, it's kind of tired. They kind of the series is kind of tired. They need to do something new. That's why, that's why we love Mission Impossible so much. Is because ever since the third movie and JJ's production company got involved, each movie's different and and fun and you know all this crazy shit. Born is serious. You know, it's like fucking people are dying and there's not a lot of there's no laughter in it. You know, it's just seriousness. It's um, like those Tom Clancy movies, you know, with Harrison right. Ford and you know all that stuff. Yeah. So but anyway, I mean, but. Yeah, well, when still... you make those type of movies, when you make those type of spy thriller movies, the, the only way it works is is if the spy thriller part of that works. Like, right? It's it's a difference between like going to see um, Skyfall versus Spectre. Right. You know, like, I mean, Skyfall is such a it's such a great spy thriller movie, and Spectre falls short, in my opinion. I think we've talked about this too. Um, huge, this huge, podcast, yeah. But, but like, it, 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 you're right. It, it is the same. It's the same type of um, plot line, and you can accept that for three movies because they just kept getting better. I mean, there was a dip with the with the Born um, Supremacy, but the, but it went back up with the Born Ultimatum, and it's I mm-hmm. guess I don't know. I yet finished like number one overall, but who was it going against? It was going against. The biggest movies out this weekend were Bad Moms, which finished second with 25 million. Which is mm-hmm. a comedy is a women's women driven comedy, which I actually want to see because the trailer looked really funny. We we uh, we saw that tonight, just right good. before. Yeah, it was it was yeah. good. It's uh, I think it's sitting it in the sixties, but it's it's like um, if you love Step Brothers, you're gonna love this. Okay. I, I don't know what else. To, and Step Brothers is like at fifty something percent because it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's like it's like it's over exaggerated humor, but a lot right. of it's really freaking funny. It doesn't matter. Shut your brain off and just sit back and laugh. It's really good. Right. And the second big movie that was out this weekend is still Ghostbusters. And, you know, we've talked about that to nause- at nauseum about, like, how that movie was basically fucked from the beginning. So um, it's not a good week for Matt Damon, I guess, because this movie has, what, 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it finished with the second highest opening for the, for the trilogy or for the, what is it? I don't even know what it is, but there's five movies now. Right, um, the second biggest opening uh, next to the Born Ultimatum, sixty nine million, and then the other bad news I think coming the, out from Matt Damon this week was him being the only white guy in the Great Wall of China movie. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, that that's that was a big controversy. But isn't that like a isn't that an Asian production though too? I mean, isn't there Asian director um, and a I, lot of actors? And I haven't read too much on it. I, I I recognized a lot of the Asian actors that were in the movie. And it basically has like the number one Asian director directing the movie, and I think it was funded. It was it's de- it's it's being brought out as like the most expensive movie ever made in China, even though Legendary got top billing and so did Matt Damon. And according to the director, um, 
it, it sounded like he came out and basically said this is an American movie. So, like, for him, it made sense that the, the lead actor was, uh, was a white guy. I mean, it made sense to him because it was like, oh, it's an American movie, then it doesn't matter whoever else is there because that's just what America does. As long as okay. it's an American movie, those guys overseas are like, oh, it makes sense that it's a white guy. But over here in America where we're diverse, it's like, okay, it's, it's the Great Wall of China. They're, they actually built it to fight monsters. Like, oh, that's an awesome premise. And then you got all these Asian guys, like seriously, all these Chinese guys just standing on a fucking wall. And then there's white as fuck Matt Damon in the middle of all of them saving their asses. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make sense for that. Like if it was uh, if it was Lord of the Rings, it's different. You got a bunch of dwarves, and then you got an elf. You're like, oh, OK, whatever. But this is a little different. It's like, you know, a cultural thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't read too much about that. I just remember seeing the trailer, I think, from Comic-Con, you know, online or something and. I was like, that's an interesting premise, but I had no idea, you know, there was an, I didn't know it was a production over there or who was running it or whatever. Like, I didn't know, like if it was Spike Lee directing it, I'd be like, what? Like, this doesn't make any sense. So, well, here's I, the thing, uh, like there's a, there's been a lot of movies out nowadays where there is foreign uh, production companies or foreign distributors that are funding some of these Hollywood movies. They're starting to get into Hollywood to fund the movies. So okay. I think the last movie that I saw in the theater was Star Trek. I believe there was a Alibaba uh, logo in the beginning of that movie. Interesting. Um, the last Mission Impossible movie uh, had a bunch of foreign um, production Inve companies in front in, of it, like too. In investors. I wonder if those yeah, are investors. Yeah, uh, not production companies. Yeah, I think I think investors or whatever they're called. I'm not sure what they're called, but okay. if you pay attention to some, like the mission, that if that whenever the next Mission Impossible movie comes out, there's a ton of foreign logos that come in, and I'm pretty sure Star Trek had like an Alibaba. I think was the that's was crazy. the investor in the beginning of it. I mean, you saw it. You don't remember seeing the logo? I don't remember. I just remember seeing Skydance and seeing Bad Robot. But any movie you watch now, it's got like 50 million production companies in the beginning. Right. It used to be just one. You know, now you've well, got... what's crazy is that they're saying that this movie is the most expensive movie China ever made. But Legendary got top billing. Like when you watch the trailer, Legendary is the first one that comes out. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so... I don't know. That's weird. It's still, an, it's still an American movie, but I guess like they got all the money from over there. There's some like top actors. There's some top Chinese actors in that movie. Um, yeah. I, believe, I, I believe Andy Lau is in that movie, which is kind of crazy um, oh, that he's cool. in it. So uh, I think he was like the one of the lead actors in, um, which is kind of funny. He was the lead actor in uh, Infernal Affairs, and I oh. believe he played the Matt Damon part. Or Matt Damon played his part in the Martin Scorsese version. Martin Scorsese version, right. So that's kind of oh, ironic. Trippy. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's so weird. But well, yeah, he's the only there's no there's like it's not even like it's not even like fucking it's not even like uh Matthew McConaughey rolled up in a fucking tank and said that we're gonna save China on the Great Wall of China <laughs> with with all these other like white people. You know, because that's what they did in, like, Reign of Fire, where, like, all these Americans came over to London and, and saved all the English-British people. It's right, fucking, right. It's only Matt Damon. He's the only white guy in that movie. <laughs> they, dude, fuck, dude. If anybody can help the Chinese, it's going to be Matt Damon. Maybe Tom Cruise. I don't know. Well, he was well, in The Last Samurai. Yeah, he was. 
Well, I would say maybe it would be Jason Bourne, not the Matt whitest Damon. guy. The whitest guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jason Bourne could help the guys in the Great Wall of China. I don't think Matt Damon could. Dude, if he but, says, if he says, do you like them apples or do you like <laughs> apples? I'm gonna be really pissed. I'm gonna fucking lose it if he's on the Great Wall of China and he says that thing from fucking uh, Team America, Matt Damon. <laughs> 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 if he starts singing Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, good stuff. I love Team America. That's a very underrated movie. Yeah, it is. It's 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 a stir the sex scene in that still. Oh, how about how about how about here here's a little bit of a tangent. How about I watched like I saw it in the theater and I thought it was hysterical and I bought the DVD for it. And I was like I showed my dad the movie, right? And oh, no. I was like and I completely forgot about the sex scene, and I bought the unrated version, so it's like two minutes longer. It goes on. Yeah, it goes yeah, on. And it on. goes even worse, where like I think one of the puppets shit on their face or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot about this part. And my dad's like cracking up about it. He actually thought it was funny. Because it's like fucking two puppets, like fucking, like in weird positions, shitting on each other. <laughs> it's, it's so Gives her a pearl necklace. And all. Yeah, it's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i guess you could only get away with that with puppets but no uh, that's too funny but so that's that's jason Bourne in a nutshell i'm sure you'll go see it <laughs> yeah let's let's end it on the <laughs> shitting puppets let's end it on that's the right. shitting puppets. <laughs> um but uh the other movie that we actually saw this week i didn't go see it in the theater it but it came out on uh did it come out on dvd I don't know. Um, it's on. It's on digital. I know that. Um, but we watched uh, the Killing Joke, based on the I think 1988 graphic novel by Alan Moore. Um, I can't remember the year it came out, but I remember reading this thing, and it was like I remember reading it at the time, and it was really like dark. It basically it was is the it's, the it's as far as fans go. Most I would say like maybe eighty to ninety percent fans like this is the definitive Joker story. Yeah, like, or one of gives, them. Like the yeah. Dark Knight Returns, I think, is the other one. Well, this one actually gives like the Joker a backstory that a lot of people go to now. Right, right. But the the the, the comic is what like sixteen twenty pages, maybe. Yeah, so it's, it's not, very it's not big. easy to make like a hundred and twenty minute, you know, movie or whatever it was ended up being like an hour and twenty minute movie. I don't remember yeah. what the, the total was. So. They did something controversial, which they had to beef up the story, and they introduced like a fifteen-minute intro or epi- epi- epilogue. Is it or epilogue? prologue? Would that be considered an epilogue? Uh, pro- I think I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think that would be that would be pretty accurate. Okay, it, I- it takes a while to get into. Yeah, it's it's pretty long, and basically what they did was they they expanded Batgirl's story. Um, yes, in a, in in a very controversial way, and basically that's what's driving the Rotten Tomato score down to fifty three percent right now. So we're going to go into spoiler territory on this movie, folks. So yeah, if you unlike, you unlike haven't watched it yet. Yeah, unlike the yeah. Jason Bourne movie, um, this one is, will be full of spoilers. Yes, there's no shitting puppets in it, though. Just so you know, no, that would be pretty funny though, because it would be the Joker doing it, and it would make total sense if he did it. <laughs> Well, this now was this rated R? They said it was going to be rated R like a year ago. It is rated R. I mean, this movie has a lot of rated R stuff in it. Um, the rated R stuff is still part, in my mind, 
I think still happens in the actual graphic novel part of the movie. Okay. I think it's kind of PG-13 other than maybe some curses in there. But as yeah, far as I, like the beginning part that they made up for the movie, I think it's I think it's essentially PG thirteen. The rated R stuff doesn't come until the graphic novel starts. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I watched it going, is this really rated R? Because I mean, most of it was just insinuation or stuff that was like not filmed. Oh, wait but, a minute. Like, wait implied. A minute. Wait, you never gave your rating for Jason Bourne. Oh, oh, well, we could we could let's we could do that at the end. We'll do it at the you end. Do it at the both. end for both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it at the end of both. Um, so yeah, I you know I watched it and, and I remember going, hey, they said this thing was going to be rated R. So I remember watching it, kind of looking out for things. And yeah, I mean, there was a couple swear words here and there, and then, but it felt like a lot of it was just kind of insinuated stuff or stuff that they kind of like implied that they were going to do off camera. And then you don't, I mean, you don't see Barbara Gordon actually getting raped or anything, but you see her. I guess he, what does Basically, he do? He like he shoots her. He knocks the door open. He like shoots her. No, she right, opens the door the and sees him. Yeah. yeah. And he and shoots, shoots her. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, then he goes over and starts unbuttoning her blouse or something. Doesn't he? That's after they take Gordon out because Gordon doesn't know that happened. But anyway, let's, oh. let's, we're, we're talking. Okay, anyway, go back. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the, the, the beginning part that they made up that everybody can right. fucking stand. So, okay. So what they did was they they took Batgirl and gave her a story a, a a fifteen minute or so story in the beginning of the beginning before the graphic novel actually starts, and basically she's on this mission that she thinks that she can handle and Batman doesn't think she can handle, and the guy that she's going after the name doesn't really fucking matter, it's just the the son of the boss or whatever this gang is fucking toying with her and is infatuated with her, and Batman doesn't want Batgirl involved in this thing, and she takes offense to it. And basically, it culminates in them fucking on a rooftop. Yeah, so let's... Okay, so let's go back just a little bit. So, she's basically lonely, right? And she's just, like, doesn't have enough attention, I guess. Doesn't have a boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, because she's too busy fighting crime. Yeah, so this guy comes along and he he's flirting with her and he's kind of an asshole, but he's I don't know I think some girls like assholes though, and uh, he's kind of a real jerk, but she just keeps like coming back like she's doing witty banner back and forth with him, but knows he's a bad guy and all that, but then she keeps going back for more because I don't know I guess she just likes the attention, but the guy's clearly a no well, for her well that's not what I got from it I got from it the fact that like that Batman specifically didn't want her on it and she kept wanting to prove herself that he doesn't matter what there's, this guy's saying. There's that part too. I, I got probably I got that out of that as well, but I still think she was kinda like she liked the attention. I don't know. Yeah, but the maybe, the main like the main thing that comes out of this entire thing is that Batman and Batgirl fuck. Yeah. Like which which right there was ex- okay. So if someone were to told, tell me that normally, I would have been like, okay. But watching it, it just felt so wrong. It felt like a student being screwed by their teacher or something. Like yes, because it, it was it like just wait a was minute, how so old is creepy. Girl? Or like your best friend's dad, you know, or something like that. It it just it it just wasn't right. Yeah, you know, like yeah, because she was in college. Because they they show her in college, so. What she's in her twenties, low twenties, like twenty one. He's got and he's got to be in his. He's got to be in his mid forties. You know, no mid thirties, mid thirties or whatever. 
Right? Well, then that's not. I mean, age wise, it's not creepy. Well, to, I just think the way they portray him in the film, he seems like he's a lot older than that. And the way he's yeah. handling her, the way he's handling her, you you would a daughter or something like that. And so. It it was just creepy. The creep factor was up to twelve when they started screwing. I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. you know. So. And there was like no, there was no. It's never, ha- to my knowledge, I don't think they've ever had sex before in any comic book version. It, not to my knowledge, but also it's just it's kind of like Anakin and Padme getting together. There was no chemistry there. There was no yeah, indication yeah, that, the that they too. were in love or anything. It's yeah, like because it just came it, it out of nowhere. Yeah, basically goes from like. What the fuck? You don't think you trust me to I want to fuck you. Yeah. That's yeah. basically how it happened. Let me change your mind with yeah. my woman let me, parts. Let me ride your back dick with my back. Right. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, but it doesn't swim because the next day he's like, yeah, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> and then and then <laughs> yeah. And then and then Batman becomes bat asshole. Batman's a bat and douche. Yeah. yeah. And Batman doesn't bat call her back. <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh, i'm too busy yeah he's like oh i <laughs> i i can't i'm doing laundry tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're getting all the stains out of my back crotch yeah i gotta uh, i gotta clean my cod piece you fucked it up <laughs> uh that's the- <laughs> how am i supposed Alfred to fight yeah, how am I supposed to fight crime with bat juice all over my fucking costume? Yeah. Alfred didn't order me enough of these. Yeah. I got to <laughs> Alfred's pissed he had to fucking scratch this stuff off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it that it just came out of nowhere. It made absolutely no sense. And so I, I can the understand. Funny, I thought it was like my favorite part. Was. My favorite part was the fact that he didn't like call her for like a fucking like two weeks. <laughs> I'm like Batman's. <laughs> he's just like every other fucking dude. <laughs> he's like, so um, you're not going to spend the night, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> the Batcave is uh, full tonight. Right. right. <laughs> Sorry, I went in through the Batcave. I didn't. Mean I'm that, uh, I'm fumigating right now the Batcave. So I'll give you a call later, maybe. <laughs> Can I just email you? <laughs> oh shit! Two faces in town. I I just I can't go out. Tonight. Yeah, I just can't do it. Yeah, and Alfred's been pissed at me, so I got to hang out with him. Yeah, well, th- talk about well, Barbara's Barbara Gordon, right? The commissioner's daughter. That's yeah, he doesn't even know about that. That's going to be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he, he puts up the bat signal, and he's like, oh, "I'm not going tonight." <laughs> I'm not going out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sick. I got, that, I got a cold. I just remembered that part in Batman Begins at the end of the movie where Gordon's like, "I never said thank you," and Batman's like, "And you never have because I fucked your daughter." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Okay, it's okay, man. You're, you're, all, it's all yeah, right. You don't have to say thank you. You have no idea what I just did. <laughs> you don't have to." She gave me thanks enough. I mean, it was like 20 minutes of yeah. thanks. It was, it your was da- okay. And can you just imagine Christian Bale's like Batman is like, your daughter said thank you. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Actually, the second time she couldn't really talk. <laughs> yeah. your, daughter, your daughter says well, thank you way better than you do. Oh, man. So speaking of Commissioner Gordon, man, they really 
screwed around with his character like super bad. Like, well, I mean, I was well, run through the ringer. That's that's basically what happens, and that's what basically happens in the comic book. But here's the like when I was watching like the the part where they actually it was very it was pretty much verbatim what happened in the comic book. The part that bothered me the most was the ending of the comic book. That's right. what bothered me the most because Alan Moore to my knowledge has gone on record and basically says that Batman kills the Joker at the end. Like it's, he says, he says it's pretty obvious how the panels work where Batman's like laughing. They're both laughing. All of a sudden the Joker's laugh cuts out and that's what happens in the, in the cartoon, the movie as well. But it's not. I don't think it's as prominent as they try to make it in the graphic novel. It doesn't novel work. It doesn't the, work because, like, I was watching that going like this. Just seems really awkward because, like, out of like he just starts laughing. You know, they both start laughing and like he starts belly laughing, and I'm thinking, oh, is he gonna like just dispatch him right here and there and then stop laughing? And well, it happens out. Of, it happens out of. It happens out of panel in the in the in the graphic novel or in the yeah. comic. So, but that's what I was waiting for. Okay, I was like, okay, they pan down, they pan down because that's what happens in the comic, and then nothing happens. It just ends, and I'm like, wait a minute. Alan Moore said that he fucking kills the Joker, and there's no like sound effect. There's nothing that insinuates well, you know, that. He's he's gone on record many times saying he hates Hollywood because they they fuck up his material. I yeah. Mean, um, I think, though, I think if you watch The Watchmen, I think he would enjoy that. I mean, as far as I know, that was the biggest, the best treatment of his stuff ever out of any of the films. I mean, like V for Vendetta, he, he fucking hates, and I don't like that, that movie That movie sucked. Yeah, I mean, they they ruined his his, uh, his novel big time. Um, so anyway, like, I, I was really, really bummed because I remember when they announced this last year, people just went apeshit. And then when they said that Kevin Conroy, which sounded weird as Batman this time around. I don't know why, but he didn't yeah. sound right. Mark Hamill um, sounded good. Mark Hamill sounded amazing as usual. Um, some, a couple sounded, of his monologues were great. Yeah, he sounded even great when um, when he was uh, when they were doing the flashbacks too. Like I was trying to pick up whether or not that was him, and it was him. He just changed his. It voice was him, little. just very subtle. Yeah, it was really, really well done. Um, Mark Hamill's just amazing. I mean, shit. There's nothing that guy can't do. And I've heard that the that now. I guess Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are going to be doing more things. So that's yeah, exciting. For the, I'm, I'm glad yeah, that for they're the, back. For the longest time, they were like, we're not doing it anymore. The the Arkham video game is the last we'll ever do. But he did say if they ever did the killing joke, we'll come back for that. And then I guess like they had such a good time doing the killing joke that they're now they're going to be doing the um, the Justice League cartoon that's going to be like 11 minutes long, apparently. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, that's right. I read that somewhere after Comic-Con. Did you see the um, – I know he wasn't at Comic-Con, but he was at uh, Celebration. And he did a um, – they had it all over the internet. Um, but he did a monologue from The Killing Joke with – like he was read it, it on stage I, as the joke. I thought it was – I didn't think or it was maybe a Killing it was a, Joke. I it thought it was from the animated series. It was, yeah, it was, it was the, a monologue the from the animated series. The Death of Batman series, or something right. like that. I thought it was yeah, like it the was, Death it, of Batman. It was. That's right. Yeah. It was so good though when he did it. I was like, oh my god. It, um chills i mean it's it's so cool to like see him work you know on stage in front of everyone like that but um so as far as like the cast is concerned like mark hamill was fantastic kevin conroy sounded different but he's still you know my batman um 
Tara Strong, uh, Brian George, Ray Wise. He's been in a shit ton of stuff. And then Joe DiMaggio, uh, John. John DiMaggio, sorry. Uh, not the baseball player. Uh, John DiMaggio, who we all know is uh, Bender in Futurama. And then he's Jake the Dog on uh, Adventure Time, which those are two of my favorite cartoons. Yeah, Tara Strong um, has done a lot of DC work. She's done um, a ton. Yeah, she's she's if you if they're doing some kind of like mainstream like cartoon like Young Justice or Justice League or you know the Killing Joke or whatever, um, you can more than likely find her in there. Yes, yeah, she does a lot of different uh, a lot of different voices for them. But you know, so this scored a fifty three percent. I don't think it made a ton of money. They just did it for one night, I think. I yeah, it's basically for the Blu Ray release that's going to be coming yeah, out and I digital think- release. <clears throat> it was like July 25th. I think it was like last Monday or whatever. They showed it in theaters for one night only. Uh, some of my friends went and saw it. I didn't go. Um, but yeah, you can get it digitally. It'd be on Blu-ray and um, you know, whatever it was, it was an hour. I watched it. Um, I didn't think, you know, the animation was over the top. It was okay. Um, I think again, um, Mark Hamill, just the Joker just shines, you know, always, always steals the show. And I thought it was too clean. The animation, like, I don't know, maybe because it, like, I read it as a comic book. Like, I, 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 rem- I remember reading the actual feel in the paper and looking at mm-hmm. the artwork and it being a lot darker. So mm-hmm. I didn't get that grittiness when, like, they were parading Gordon around and then they put him in that amusement ride and showing yeah. him pictures of, of, um, of Barbara, of like undressed and shit, like it was, it was too colorful for me, and it was too bright, like basically the exact opposite of what Zack Snyder would have done to it. Yeah, like Zack Snyder should have put his filter on this movie, and it would probably would have been a lot more scarier or freakier. Because no I remember reading it, like, like getting freaked out about it because, like, oh my god, he fucking did that to Batgirl, like fucking undressed her and shit, and like took pictures of her, like undressed. This is fucking Batgirl that he did this to. You know, the last time yeah, he did something it, this fucked up, it was killing uh, Jason Todd. I think it's interesting. Well, you just said something there. I think it's interesting that sometimes stuff just does not translate well from a uh, comic book or book to, to, to movies. Like sometimes it just doesn't. Like I felt like The Watchmen was was great. Um, it, it translated very, very well. And, and they tweaked the ending, which I didn't care. I was like, it actually made it better for me. Yeah, so because the like there was squid I, was stupid. Yeah, me too. I thought if they brought the big, the big giant squid into the, the theater, people would have just fucking walked out. Yeah, they'd be like, what the hell is this bullshit? That movie, you know? wh- why that movie failed, for, for I think, is because it was poorly marketed. Because if you go back and watch the trailers for The Watchmen, they were touting it as like some big action movie. And it's fucking not close to being it's an action not, comic it's book. It's a complete psychological look into uh, people trying to be superheroes. Right. It um, had nothing to do with action. And like the action that they showed in the trailers, basically like that's all the action was in the entire movie or comic book or graphic yeah. novel. There was no, there was not a lot of action. So no. people walked out of that movie like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" And it's and like, "It was well, boring or whatever." Yeah, it was like, like, no, oh, man, that movie it was, was just poor good. market. Yeah, it was a poor marketing job. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. So you want to go into the, the ratings? What would you rate? Uh, we'll start with the Killing Joke. Why not? Uh, what well, would you what, do? The do the uh, do the Jason Bourne one first. Oh, Jason Bourne. Uh, I'll give so it how three, many. Uh, Three chainsaws? I give it three chainsaws, yeah, and I would say uh, Jan Brady. Jan Brady on diversity? Yeah. Huh, because I didn't see anybody other than white people in the trailers. No, they had a, uh, they had, uh, 
there was a black gentleman that was pretty prominent in it. He was uh, um, Tommy Lee Jones's right hand man, and then there were uh, there was a lot of foreigners. Um, That's good. I guess you could. You know what though? I guess you could say they're white foreigners though. So maybe it is kind of more toward Casper, but maybe, but not completely Casper. Okay. So like the the asset wasn't wasn't. Uh, no, he was white too, but I think he's French. Shit. Never mind. So pretty, I think it's pretty. It's pretty Casper because like <laughs> Julie, because like because Matt Damon is pretty much in it the whole goddamn thing and like yeah you can't Tommy be a Jan Jones. Brady you can't be in Jan Brady when you have one black guy in it. <laughs> no yeah yeah yeah. So I'd say it's I'd say leading <laughs> right. I'd say it's like a Casper and a half. So let's just say Casper. But I give it three chain three chainsaws. Okay. Um, was, so why don't you, you know, give your rating also to the Killing Joke while you're already at it? Okay. Well, the Killing Joke. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to give it two and a half chainsaws for me. Um, I don't think it really works for diversity. I mean, I don't, I think everyone no. that's voice voicing the actors are white. So, um, it's, it's a cartoon, definitely so it's kind of hard to, to, to give right. A, a, that right. <clears throat> I'm right on board with you about two and a half stars. I was, I was disappointed. I, I mean, the, the beginning, like we said, just kind of doesn't work right. I understand why they did it because like, I mean, the cartoon would have been like, you know, 30 minutes long. The movie would have right. been 30 minutes long. So I understand why they did what they did. Um, I don't know. They, they must have had a lot of powwow sessions because this is a big comic book to to, to adapt. It's huge. And, and DC it, usually does a really good job. Like DC's move, cartoon movies are really good. Their animated movies are really good. And this one they had held off for so long to do it. And this one was one of those ones where we couldn't wait for it to happen. And especially since they got Kevin Conroy and – and Mark Hamill back to do it. Yeah, I think it's been a year, man. A year ago they announced it, which yeah. they probably were already knee deep in animation by then. But I think it, they uh, they had to have sat there in a round table and said, like, okay, well, let's expand the graphic novel within the graphic novel. Meaning, like, let's not do the Batgirl pre-story. Let's do you know expand on the Jokers and stuff like that. And maybe they were just like, well, we don't want to touch the graphic novel portion of it. Let's just do something else outside of that. And they, I think they, I mean, I'm guessing they tried to do it because they wanted the the impact of what happened to Batgirl be even worse. But the problem was, it was never about Batgirl. You know, the, the no. I mean, it was never about her. So it it didn't. And they tried to they tried to make the impact even worse on Batman because, like, they have that great itch exchange in the beginning of the movie. Like, you know, if we don't, you know, we're gonna end up killing each other. Like, so. There's a, you know, that's basically panel to movie screen right there, right? That conversation they have, but they they try to make a bigger impact on Batman, um, because obviously they said, okay, well, let's make a bigger impact by having Batman sleep with Batgirl, and it's like it didn't really matter because he didn't fucking call her for two weeks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, it, I mean, I I know I'm, I'm guessing I'm I'm pretty I'm, I would guess that's probably what their intentions were to make the impact more. Um, about that, but it took away from the the, the genesis of what that the, book was about, which was right. the Joker. The Joker would basically it was all about the Joker and a little bit of Batman about about if if one person has a really bad day, they're going to turn into the Joker, and that's what he was trying to prove. And by putting Batgirl in the beginning of the movie and giving her entire backstory about it, you turned the Killing Joke into the Batgirl story. And it's right. it's and it's worse because it's it's clearly two different movies, right? Because like Batgirl basically had shot 
because in the in the comic books, she's just there with her dad. She gets shot, and then she's just paraded with those pictures, right? Because she's not the main character of the the book. So when you do what they did in the movie, she's just lost for the whole movie because you think that the movie's now about her, but then she just disappears for the whole fucking movie. Her story right. for the, her story the, the latter half, right? Her story in the beginning of the movie is not finished by the end of the movie because it was never about her. Yeah, so. I kind of like it. I'm two of them. Yeah, I think um, number one, they had to pad the pad the movie to make it longer, right? Um, which now, in hindsight, I'm thinking, man, they should have just picked out a couple of other graphic novels to do, so they'd have three 30 minute ones that they could have put back to back to back as like a like a you know a sample or something like that, like a you know, three separate movies that are half hour long or something like that on a DVD. That would have been cool. But instead they padded this thing. And then you also have to think that eventually it's going to be on TV at some point. So by making it as long as they did, they can put it into three parts. It clearly is like two different movies. That's what it felt like to me too. Cause like it was one thing and then right around the middle, it switched to something completely, you know, something else. And, and then by the end of the film, it was just very confusing and, and then with the whole, you know, they start talking, they start joking around, and they start laughing. I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah, I know that's how it ends in the book, but it just doesn't translate well, you know, in the yeah, screen because, at all. Yeah, because they, they spent all that time developing Batgirl and Batman, their relationship. Right. So, like, by the end of the movie, you're like, wait a minute, what happened to that relationship? That was never, that was never fixed. So it's it, it, instead of, like, enhancing... The tragedy they basically ruined the main point of the movie or the graphic novel. Yeah. So. Yeah, and in turn, you know, they 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 trashed you know the Joker store and they trashed Barbara store by by adding all that shit. So right. It's 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 not a great. It's it's definitely a step back in the entry of DC animated films because you're right. They do have a very good track record with a lot of their films, and so so this was I a, mean this was a big bummer. I'm I'm on I'm on point with you. I think I probably I'm I'm around two or two and a half lightsabers for the rating. Um, looking back on it, I probably lean more towards two. Uh, my initial reaction was I like I remember somebody asking me when I saw it, and I said I really liked it because I wanted to see the Killing Joke. And remember, I've always said like, what, I I can't give an initial reaction to a movie unless I start like actually start nitpicking at it. And the more I started nit like looking at all the bad things that happened, they outweighed any of the good, which the good was like Kevin Conroy and, and Mark Hamill and seeing the killing joke in animated form. Other than that, right. there was nothing great about it. And they actually ruined the graphic novel for it. Um, yeah. So. And I, and I, I kind of want to go back and watch, you know, under the red hood now and some other ones that I, I really like. Yeah. Those so, are good. Yeah. So but, if, uh, if you, if you're listening and you've never seen, I don't even know why you would be listening to this if you've never read or seen the movie, but if you are listening to it, please go back and read the graphic novel because and yes. try to. And if you did watch the movie without reading the graphic novel, go back and read the graphic novel and try to like try to just imagine none of that shit with Batgirl happens because the graphic novel will have more of an impact and it's grittier too. You'll yeah, see less. You'll grittier. finish it in like you'll finish the graphic novel in like fifteen minutes. Basically, yeah. it's a short read, but it's it's fucking good though. It's it's yeah. really super good. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it on that front. But speaking of Batman, though, I was reading uh, somewhere that he might appear on one of the DC shows. Is that true? Like on CW? What did you read anything about that? No. 
Yeah, that was like the big rumor um, recently was that they're considering, I guess, putting Batman on. Um, well, they already got right Superman. Now, yeah, they got Superman, which I don't know. A different man. Superman. At, yeah, it's isn't that Teen Wolf Superman or who is that guy? I have no I, idea. I, I think he was in Teen Wolf or one of those uh, or Supernatural, one of those uh, shows. I don't know. As much as I, as much as we shit on like you know Zack Snyder's versions of Man of Steel. Henry Cavill looks like Superman, dude. <laughs> he does look. He does look like Superman. But the problem is, he's so buffed out and big that there's no way to like cover up Clark Kent. You know that. Like at least when you watch the the you know the old Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, he he, he does a completely different Clark Kent. He doesn't necessarily. I mean, he's got the height of Superman, but he hunches over and he has his hair slicked. And but yeah, the Henry more, Cavill that's version, more of a he doesn't look any fucking version different. of Clark Kent. That's more like. I still love the Christopher Reeve versions, but I think for more realism, I still like the Brandon Routh, Clark Kent yeah, Superman I transition. I mean, I know a lot of people hate Superman uh, Returns, but I will still say that Brandon Routh is right there with Christopher Reeve. There, I said yeah. it. Like, yeah. seriously, like, take away the fact that the movie's not great and Superman's a deadbeat dad. And just look at his performance by itself, and that guy is wasted in that movie. Yeah, it's a real completely. shame. It's a real shame that he got wasted in that movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he's, his career's taken off now in Legends of Tomorrow, which to me is like the lesser of all the shows on DC, but on the CW. But uh, hopefully, they'll give him. I mean, I don't know the way that it ended. I'm hoping that Legends of Tomorrow has a better. Like well, we're in territory now that they're going to have different things going on. So yeah, I think I think Legends of Tomorrow is slowly surpassing Arrow for me. Yes, and Supergirl's kind of it's there, but it it still needs to like and still needs to grow and do things. And I think they're probably th- them adding Superman to the first episode, and I think he's going to be in a reoccurring role here and there. Um, I think that's a good idea because instead of just text messaging and emailing all the time and Facebook messaging, I didn't mind I that. It, I didn't mind I that. Was, I was okay, but I said to myself, at some point, he's got to show up. I mean, at some yeah, point. Yeah, but I, he has shown up before. You just never saw his face. There was a part where <laughs> he shows up and like he, she's like kind of half knocked out and he's all blurry. Like, I didn't mind that. And all it does is remind me that DC is not, that doesn't have a cohesive universe. That's all it does is remind me that of that. That there's two fucking Barry Allens, there's two Supermans, like it's not the same. And don't give me that bullshit that they're on different universes. You it's know, a multiverse. Yeah, it's a yeah. Multiverse. Don't give me that shit because I mean, if you guys did that, great. But you guys have a hard enough problem making a decent movie because, like, my universe right now is with DC TV. Right. It's it's I cannot wait until October when that shit starts up again. Yeah. So. Especially the the Flash. I mean, they're they're doing the the Flashpoint story, but then there are rumors of they're going to lead into Crisis, which is the other Flash story that's fucking incredible. So, I I think it's going to be super cool. And also, I think Flashpoint, the rumor mill is that it's going to affect all the other shows. Well, so, you can't do Flashpoint without Batman. Yeah, that's that's why I said you know there was some I don't know where I here's, read that. Here, but here's the caveat to talking that, about that- Batman. Here's a caveat to that. It's not Bruce Wayne. It's Thomas Wayne. It's Thomas Wayne, right? And Martha Wayne is the Joker. Which, oh, by the in way, other spoilers. words, they could they could get away with that though, because yeah, that's not borrowing from the movies. Yeah, they could no. do that. No, 
By the uh, way, I just ruined Flashpoint for anybody who hasn't listened to nah, or didn't. read the comic book. <laughs> That's a minor spoiler. <laughs> but um, yeah, Flashpoint really fucks with the timeline hardcore. I mean, it does all kinds of crazy shit. In a good but, way. Uh, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do because they've – they haven't been, you know, proven wrong yet. So we'll see. But, All right. Uh, so that's episode 37. But again, um, tune back next week when we release the Steve Sansweet interview. Um, it's going to be a big deal for us. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to yeah, be great. I think it's going to be a, a it's going to be a, a longer podcast probably because after the tour of Branch of Obi-Wan, we're going to go and podcast about our experience and then I think possibly right after that, if you stay tuned throughout that whole thing, you'll get to the Steve Sansweet interview. And uh, yeah, it's this is a super exciting for us. And we hope you guys as listeners have just as good as time as we are because we're we're trying to really come up with some good things to talk about instead of the same old, same old stuff. So we'll see how that Basically, goes. if you like toys and you like Star Wars, you should really listen next week. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's, that's going to be the the big the big deal right there but um anyway um yeah that was uh episode 37 of chew on this a nerds united podcast i'm bj Vic. till next time chew on that folks later